you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Drunk or Delirious. We are your hosts, Emily and Hannah. Hey guys, we have another awesome guest for you this week. Um, This is my friend Rachel. So we work together actually with Alicia. If you guys checked out our episode on RV travel nursing, Um, the three of us all work together in Phoenix. Um, So that's how we know each other. And she's here today to chat with us about being a nurse in Germany. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you. Yay. So excited. (laughs) Do you want to share a little bit about yourself with everybody? Sure. So I am born and raised in Colorado and moved out to Nebraska for school. Um, And that's where I met my husband. He was stationed there for the Air Force. Um, And that's where I worked for about three and a half years at my first NICU job before we moved overseas together right after we got married. So it was the start of our adventure. Oh my gosh. Where um, in Colorado are you from? Oh, not the pretty mountain area. Um, In the desert, it's actually um, like the Southeast Plains. Um, So it's very dry, but they do have the best watermelon in the world there. Oh, oh, you're from Rocky Forge? (laughs) Very close to Rocky Rocky Ford. Ford. Yep. I'm from La Junta, Colorado. So Super close to Rocky Ford. Best watermelon cantaloupe ever. I miss that it's so, so much. Good. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, delicious. I'm in Denver. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, so, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, on the plains. Not very pretty, but it's got some little good qualities to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bet it does. Um, that's awesome. And then in Nebraska, where were you? Um, I was in Omaha. I went to Creighton University for nursing school. And then I, like I said, I worked there for about three and a half years. So I was there for like almost seven years. And my husband was stationed there that whole time as well. So we met my senior year and then spent those like three years there together. Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, I wonder if you, do you know Kylie? <laughs> she was in Omaha. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't know. Wait, what's the last name? Nelson. Kylie Nelson. That doesn't sound familiar to me, no. Well, that not that everyone knows everyone when you live in Nebraska, but like that's my I mean, thought. I feel like Omaha is like a little big town. It is a city, but really it feels so small and cute. It's kind of like, I feel like it's um very overlooked. So I'm kind of surprised I don't know her because I, I do feel like... I mean, a lot of random people there. Especially so. in like the NICU travel world, I feel like everybody starts to overlap after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, exactly. But Rachel, didn't you like text me or something at some point and um, you were like, you were saying that you had a mutual friend with Emily or something like that. You were like, oh my gosh, I, I oh. it was, but you guys had some sort of connection. 
Was it Emily, another Emily? Oh, Emily, ba- Emily Baird or Buckley? Yes. I was going to ask you. Yes. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you um, after you said Creighton, because she went to Creighton. Yep, she was um, in my class. Yeah, oh we were, God. we graduated together. We went to school together. She's so sweet. She's like and one of my close friends. I love her so yes, much. Yes, she's so sweet in her cute little family now. And oh she God. and all of her good friends, um, Maria and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all went to school together. And actually, Emily wasn't there, but her good friend, Maria, Becker, we were in Ireland yeah. together for a semester, so oh, we no all kind of like traveled together, and yeah. yeah, it was such a small world. Yeah, Emily's so sweet. Oh my gosh, That's were so you funny. at her wedding? No, I okay. wasn't. We were over in Germany at that okay. point. Okay, yeah, um, I was like, because I was there. That would oh, so that would have been so cool. Small <laughs> world. Yeah, I met, I've met Maria um, and like yeah, her other college friends too. So, oh my gosh, how funny! It is so connected. We really world. are. We are. It's such a small world in nursing. It's so cool. Oh, I love that we just know. I mean, it really is such a small world in the NICU. It's crazy. Um, we normally start this out too with like a little icebreaker um, to get things going. So, um, and so our icebreaker for you is would you rather deal with a hormonal mom or a super overbearing, like mansplaining dad? Oh, that's so, oh God, that's so hard. I, oh, I think I would have to go with the mom. Because I only, because I feel like working nights, especially, they're going to be tired eventually. You can stick it out for a little bit. Those dads, though, sometimes they just insist on being at the bedside. Like, I, when they're, like, overbearing and loud and obnoxious and mansplaining, I'm like, please just leave. At least with the mom, I feel like it goes from maybe they're overbearing, but then they're like crying and then you can like console them and then Mm -hmm. it's like a whole thing and then they go to bed. (laughs) And I think like I would agree too because I think if you like even baby the mom a little bit and like you're just like extra empathetic and like trying to like, you know, understand where she's coming from and like let her hold the baby or do something like that, like that can go a long way and it can turn everything around. Versus, like, I think an overbearing dad, like, there's no changing that. Like, they're just going to be an ass. Right. Well, and I also think, too, that I feel like with a lot of dads, not all dads, if dads are listening, I don't mean this for everybody, but (laughs) I feel like dads want to be overbearing and mansplain things and be all up in your space, but they also don't really want to, like, do the cares or hold the baby because they're scared sometimes, which is fine. But I'm like, please don't tell me how to do my job if you don't want to like be involved in this, you know, because then I just am kind of like, oh, why are you here? I don't know. Why are you trying to tell me how to do my job? I love when they just like, they're just watching. (laughs) Let me just peek at you the whole time. (laughs) Especially when you're doing an IV and you're like, "Mm, hopefully I get this because you're staring at me. You're in my bubble. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would definitely have to say, oh, I'd rather have a hormonal mom any day. I agree. What about you, Em? You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree because then you can like literally just give them their baby and walk out of the room and they're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. With the dads. Or you can, can page be, social work. Can be tra- <laughs> yeah. 
seriously, the doubts can be like really <laughs> trying on your patience. But I also know that like the hor- there's hormonal moms that literally stay at the bedside like 24 seven. And that is yeah. rough. That's rough. Yep. That is rough when you get report and they're like, mom's staying all night. And you're like, mm. and they're like, she's been really, really intense all day. And you're like, okay. And like is freaking out about everything and every day. And you're like, okay, great. This is yeah. Yeah. Yep. This is gonna be a fun night. Um, yeah, one of my primaries, her the mom was like that. And it like she was, I mean, and rightfully so, because she was really worried about him getting sick. He was a 32-weeker. Um, and he ended up actually or maybe he's 26. I take that back. He might have been 26. Um Ended up like, yeah, getting neck in like the first week of life. Oh, so, no. Um, I don't blame her, but she was, she was um, really intense. Yeah. Oh, man. Who knows how yeah. I would be if I had a 23 weeker or a really sick baby? I mean, I feel like you don't even know how you'll act until you're put in that position. Sometimes. Very so, true. I was I actually think- just talking with that about that to my sister because she's pregnant. She's going to be 30 weeks next Sunday. This is the one I know from Banner, right? Yeah, the nurse practitioner, the NICU nurse practitioner. So she works at um, Children's. Uh, Yeah, so I told her the same thing. She's like, I already am so nervous. I already am trying to like tell myself I can't tell, you know, nurses what to do and whatever. And I'm like, you need to reel that in before because you never know what situation you're gonna be put in and you gotta let those people do their job and not be overbearing yeah but it's hard when you know so much too it's like yeah <laughs> yep no far too much mm-hmm. <laughs> i panic and yeah no yeah um so rachel do you know what the word is for nurse in german i know hospital is the worst sounding word Krankenhaus is hospital so it's probably something along those lines can you I see the to... title of this podcast kranken schwester yeah wow, that's awful i that's looked so it up bad. <laughs> it was like, like so oh, ugly <laughs> it sounds like a festering wound or something it's <laughs> bad german i'm sorry i'm very german as well it's not a pretty language. It is not. There is no way to say some of these words pretty. And even when you're trying to like communicate with the people, you're like, this is just sounding like everybody's angry and we're all fighting and like spits flying. Like it's just not good. Yeah. So do you speak German? I mean, I can count to 10 and I know how to order a beer, which I felt like was the most important thing to learn moving there. So. 100%. That was about it. I mean, like some introduction stuff we learned um, since our landlord lived right below us in like his own apartment. So we saw him a lot and tried to, you know, communicate. He spoke English very well, but I was like, well, we should try because we're here and, you know, so, but no, I don't really speak very much German. (laughs) So I have so many questions. Um, Lay it on me, girl. I, well, I also met a girl, um, travel nursing, another NICU nurse that went to Germany to be a nurse um, in the NICU. So I was oh, like, when she was like, my friend Rachel, Rachel. her yeah. name is Rachel. So, so Hannah was like, my friend Rachel, or let's interview her. And I was like, wait, what? Like this wait, Rachel? Is this Who? Rachel Fletcher? Yeah. 
Get out. Oh my gosh, yeah. this is so funny. Okay, yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I worked with her for like a year before we moved back here. I bet. I was like, I bet there's not many places that people go. No. Um, yeah. Because it was like a military base, right? Yeah, so it's an army hospital and it's actually the biggest U.S. military hospital in all of like Europe, Africa, Mediterranean, um, like all over there. And it's an army base hospital. So technically when you work there, you work for the army. Um, and it's the only trauma hospital for Americans over there as well. So everybody coming from the Middle East, like for example, during um, the war on Iraq, everybody went to Launchstool. Oh, and wow. they, the hospital actually, that's a whole separate story, but um, they were super overwhelmed. It's only a hundred bed hospital. So it's not that big. But it's the only one over there with a NICU, too. So anybody that's stationed in any other country over there, including the Middle East, all of that type of thing, if there was something wrong with their baby, they would be flown to Launchville Regional Medical Center. Wow. Yeah, so we're kind of like the hub for everything over there, which I was really shocked at. I thought that there'd be a few because there's so many bases all over uh, all over the world. Um, yeah. But no, we're always like the major hub for anything that happens overseas. And then we're also a major stopping point for people on their way back to the U.S. Like if a baby has like needs like heart heart interventions or something, they'll come to Launchstool, stay maybe like two or three days and then carry on and continue on to the U.S. So it's wow. a very busy but small hospital. So yeah, so that's you know, anybody that's like, oh, I'm going to Germany to work in the NICU, it's definitely going to be um, Launchstool because there's nowhere else. There's no other NICUs that are military oh, American wow. over oh there. Yeah. So it's now really crazy. <laughs> was the NICU itself? So the NICU itself was only, I want to say, let me think, I think it was eight beds with one isolation room. Very oh, small. Oh, so tiny. Yes. Very, very small. Um we did ship a lot of kids out though, because when I was there, we ran with one Neo and let me see, three nurse practitioners and the nurse practitioners only worked at night. So the Neo worked every day during the week and the nurse practitioners covered everything else. Um, so we shipped everything out that was less than 30 weeks because we just couldn't take on the acuity we only staffed with two nurses usually, um, three if there was like a little bit sicker kid that we were keeping. Um, so it was really small. It was very small. And I, I kept thinking, oh, it's not going to be that busy. It's only like eight beds. How busy can it be? But when there's only two of you, when that's full, I mean, it's busy. Oh, yeah. So, so there were definitely times where it um, got a little crazy. Yeah, like four but, yeah, baby but, assignments or what's that? Did you have like four baby assignments at times? At or? times, yeah. yeah. It was they were really good about like staffing three people if we were at max. Um, but there were definitely times where if we had babies being born, obviously you can't stop that and control that. So we were stabilizing to ship. And so there were times where we had like no beds and we were trying to stabilize kids to ship out to the German hospital and it was just crazy I mean it wow it was small but it was definitely an experience for sure mm -hmm. so so the patients that you were taking care of or the families were American 
yes, for the most part, there were a f- quite a few families um, where a German married like an American military. So the okay. mom sometimes would be German, um, which was interesting. It was really kind of cool because they got to see how we did things compared to how they do things because the German NICU is so different than, mm. than the American NICU. So it was kind of cool to learn those differences um, and kind of like talk to the German about it. But then also I did like a transport to the German hospital to actually see it myself. So so it was interesting. So it, it wasn't always just American families that we worked with, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So what what was the level? Is it a level two? It's actually a level three. Okay. Um, only I think because they did take up, they did like the bubble CPAP and stuff like that. And I, every now and then we'd get a vented kid that we would keep. Um, but so yeah, it was a level three, just a very small one. Okay. Um, and what was the process like to become a nurse in, in Germany? Like, do you have to get a, a German license or is it st- like state by state like it is here or? Yeah, that was really confusing to me because I had never worked for the military um, and I didn't grow up around the military. So just being married to my husband, that was the only military knowledge I had. And obviously he works in IT with computers. He doesn't do any of the military medical. Um, So when I applied for the job, um, they just said, since it is a military base hospital, they take whatever state license. So it was oh. way easier than I thought it was going to be. I was expected, I was expecting it to be very complicated, but it was super easy. It was just whatever state license you had, since it's technically an American um, hospital, that was all you had to do. So that was nice. That's crazy. That is. So cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that at all. Yeah. Especially with it being military. I'm like, it's going to be complicated. I just know it, but no, it was, it was okay. Do you have to have like a military affiliation to work there or like, can I work there? No, anybody can can work there. My situation was different since I was stationed there because my husband was stationed there. So I was called a local hire um, because I was already stationed there. But anybody can actually apply on usajobs.gov and that's all of the military jobs for civilians. So civilian military jobs. Interesting. Um, yeah, so anybody can apply on there. Actually, um, Rachel Fletcher, our mm-hmm. mutual friend, she applied through there, and you become what's called like a GS employee, so you work for the government, and it goes like, um, they have like pay levels based on how many years experience you have, so um, nurses, I want to say, are like a GS 11, and you can go up um, as you gain years in the career field. Um, So anybody can do that. It's so much different, though, with how you get moved over there and your time commitment because it is so expensive to move families over there. So there's a lot that goes into it with being like on the GS side compared Mm -hmm. to me where I was like, well, I'm already here. You want me to work? And they're like, yeah, sure. So mine was was much easier um, than the people that go over as GS. But yeah, anybody can anybody can do it. I met her like when she was applying to do this and trying oh, to figure really? all of it out. Yeah. Um, so her and her husband, um, now husband, who was her fiance slash boyfriend, um, 
had to get married first for him to be able to come with her mm-hmm. um, yep. over there. So they went to the courthouse in Boston and got married. But then they moved yep. to Germany. <laughs> yep. That is the only downside I wish. I mean, people do it where they're not married, but it's just so much more expensive because if you're married, then obviously the government pays to move all of your belongings and pays for your flights and all of that kind of stuff. And you get like a housing allowance over there. So it just makes it more complicated if you're not married. But um, I had a lot of like single friends who were over there and they loved it. I mean, they just, they were having a blast. So. Yeah. I mean, that's such a cool thing to do. Um, Is there a certain time requirement? I mean, it sounds like it's, if you're really uprooting your life and moving there, it sounds like it's kind of more of like a long-term type of commitment. Um, But could you do like a travel contract there? Yeah. So I'm still trying to, when I was over there, it was very complicated. Um, We had, I know, let me start over. I think the GS requirement, as far as I know, is a minimum of three years, Um, but you can stay up to five. For a while, they got rid of the five-year rule and you had to come back after three. But that was causing so much turnover in the hospital on the units, and there was no consistency, really. Um, And so they switched it back to saying, you can stay five if you want to. Um, We did have some people, though, that I worked with, a few that were at the Army base in Tripler, Hawaii, um, and one, I want to say she was on the East Coast somewhere. They had already been working for an Army hospital. And they were able to come over just for like, I think they were there for three months just to help out when we were short. So they had a shorter commitment, but I don't know if that's only because they were already working for the army. So it was kind of like an easier transition to help fill the short spots maybe. Gotcha. But that was awesome for them because they always came during Christmas market season and just lived it up in Germany for, for the Christmas season and then went home. So that was awesome for them. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. So much fun. The Chris Kindle markets. <laughs> yes, they were my favorite thing ever. I'm such a Christmas person and Germany knows how to do Christmas the best of anybody in the world, in my opinion. Oh I my gosh, magical. So does it pay well? I, again, it was so different with me because I was a local hire. So I didn't get the housing allowance. I didn't get food allowance. They basically, if you're a GS, you get everything like military would get by moving overseas. So that is huge. And I would say that really increases your yearly pay. Um, Hourly pay, I would say it's comparable to... I would say it's comparable to the States. Um, I was also lucky enough to only be part-time. So I worked one 12-hour and one eight-hour shift a week, and then I was done. That's a dream. <laughs> a dream. That is a- and I don't know. It was fate because in the military GS world, there's no such thing as like a part-time position. And they had created one for this girl to go back to school and then – they ended up moving us back to the state, so they didn't need that really. So they just wanted to fill it. I got lucky enough to snag it, um, but part-time GS is like not a thing. So I don't know how that happened. I just got super lucky, but we were allowed. You know, we were able to travel so much more because I only had to work twenty hours a week, and 
and it was awesome. So my pay was not that great because I only worked 20 hours a week, but <laughs> it was enough to pay my minimum student loans and then the rest spend it on traveling while we were there. Oh so God, it was yeah. fine. And what an experience. Oh my gosh. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, that was the best. You, where did you travel on in your time off? Oh gosh. I want to say we hit like 25 countries while we were there. Oh we, all we did was travel. It was really, really cool. Um, and people are always like, oh, what's your favorite country? And that's such a hard question because I'm obsessed with all of Europe. I think it's amazing. I love their lifestyle. I just love it over there. But I always tell people, I think the two countries that were very surprisingly amazing that I kind of wasn't expecting, one was Krakow, Poland. And we were only there to go visit Auschwitz. Um, but it ended up being like one of my favorite trips, actually, um, because Poland is so amazing and the food is so amazing, too. So mm. that always helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good. And the, the other one was Budapest, which oh, I was not yeah. really expecting. We kind of went on a whim because tickets were like $12 to fly. So I was like, okay, let's do Budapest. Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> so we went there and um, they've got this incredible hospital in the hill um where during the war it was it's literally a hospital built into the side of a cliff and you can tour it now but the nurses i was so excited because whenever we would travel my husband's like a history buff we would always go do what he wanted to see he would know all this history i'm like ugh, whatever okay that's me. <laughs> for the food that's all um but actually for this trip i was so excited because it was a nursing focused one The nurses are praised so much because they would go out in the middle of the night, climb up this cliff, drag the like injured soldiers down and like sneak them into the hospital to treat them so that the enemies weren't able to like get the bodies or, you know, kill them or whatever. So they have this incredible hospital built into the side of a hill and you can see where they like, it's like a cave and it has different rooms that are used for surgery and they've got the old like surgical tools. And I mean, it's just incredible. So I was like, okay, Budapest, like I see you. That's so cool that I didn't even know was there. So that was kind of a really fun, fun plus that I was not expecting. Um, But it was also, it's a super cheap place to visit. The food was good. The people are amazing. So I always tell people those are two very cheap, but amazing countries to hit while you're over there. So Ugh, I'd love to know. That sounds so cool. Wait, what's the hospital in the hill called or in the cliff? I'm trying to think of like what the actual name of it's called. Um, but I know that if you, you were it. to just literally type in hospital yeah. in the hill, um, Budapest, it would come up. Okay. I'm and doing yeah, the tour <laughs> is really cool. They show like a video at the beginning. So you kind of get the history and then they take you through all of it but I just thought nurses don't really ever get shout outs like that and that was so cool it was kind of like all focused around the nurses and how brave they were and yeah so so it was really cool that's an awesome it has a name I mean it has a name I know that let me see it just called it says hospital in the rock this is in a different language (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what rock hospital yeah adam bunker museum it's like what it's saying yeah cool 
Yeah, it's definitely worth a visit. It wasn't hard to find, and it's actually right next to my favorite um, cathedral that has this beautifully bright mosaic roof on it. It's right in Fisherman's Bastion area. So yeah, go to Budapest, get cool. some good food, oh my God, yes. do the tour, see the church. Yeah, it was so cool. That is so fun. Oh my God, I'm jealous. I know, that sounds like the dream just to be able to travel with your husband and just it go was to all these countries. The yeah, it was like the best three-year, almost four-year honeymoon ever just to, yeah. tra- to travel around and just see see these cool places. Yeah, we can't wait to go back. We're we're already ready to move back over there. So, Oh, really? Yeah. You think you guys will? I mean, it's the military, so who knows? But yeah. in my perfect world, we'll get back over there and... We do want to retire over there. We do know that. That's our plan. Um, that's what my travel nursing money is going to, is saving up to move over there when he retires. So nine years and counting. We'll see. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's pretty soon. I mean, it's like yeah. a long time, but at the same time to retire, like, that would be I know. Amazing. Yeah. He's super excited. He already has, like, a countdown. It's so funny. It's, like, nine years, like, counting down. I'm like, that's kind of a – you're kind of starting that early. I would have maybe done like when you're two years out or something, right. but I mean, if it keeps you going, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, So you moved back over here just because he got stationed somewhere else. Yeah. So we were only allowed to do three years in Germany. It got extended a little bit because we were supposed to move right when COVID hit. So our move got bumped a few months, but um his job over there was to be a courier. So he would like deliver top secret mail all over Europe, like fly all over and do that. And that was only like a three year special duty. So when that was over, then yeah, we had to come back. I was so sad. Mm. And um, I know where you are now, but where are you now? (laughs) So we are um, at Hill Air Force Base in it's, it's about like 40 minutes north of Salt Lake City, Utah. So we love it here. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, We'll be here for sure for another three years, which is nice. Get a little bit of consistency. So yeah, so we're here and it kind of feels like Colorado, which is Mm -hmm. nice for me. So we've loved it. That's awesome. And that's another connection that Rachel and I have because my parents are in Eden, which is like the town like right north of Ogden. So we got to meet up for a, a coffee and breakfast yeah, that was um, super year fun. Was here, so. I know I you have to that. come back other than winter time because I, I need like That's a like, hiking buddy out here. <laughs> That's like the only time I come, but I, I can connect you with um my my friend Allison lives in Salt Lake and she's actually the um, NICU manager at the Children's Hospital. Oh, and very cool. She loves to hike and she's awesome. She's like so much fun. So I'll have to connect you guys. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how fun. Um, So are you still traveling or do you have a staff job? I I would call myself a very lazy traveler at this point because I do like two assignments a year. (laughs) I'm so lazy. Um, But no, I am still traveling. (laughs) Uh, So I just got back from Phoenix in March. I did um, just like a quick eight-week assignment actually out there because we thought my husband might be getting deployed with all of the Ukraine stuff going on. Mm. So I wasn't able to do a full 13 weeks there. Um, but I went back to Thunderbird where I met Hannah. So, um, I was there for eight weeks, got back in March and now I think I'm just going to kind of take the summer off and, and hang out. I feel like 
travel nurse rates and stuff are crazy right now. So I'm like, let me just chill for a little bit. Um, yeah. I'll maybe, I was thinking about maybe emailing. I did a local assignment here in Utah that worked out really, really well. And it was an awesome NICU. Um, and I'd love to be back there. Just not, not a staff. But yeah, uh, yeah. See what they as a got. local traveler, I will do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. The point. travel life's been, I think, much more fitting, too, for the military lifestyle since we do move so much. I always tell people on resumes, I don't think people realize when you have to keep moving, you're not really allowed to put that on a resume. And a lot of people don't ask. They just assume, like, oh, why are you, like, leaving hospitals every two years, three years? Um but with travel nursing, it's nice because you can put that it's a travel gig and also mm-hmm. it works with like, okay, if we're having to move soon. I'll just work like a 13-week assignment and then be done to do mm-hmm. the moving process or whatever. So it's been really good for our lifestyle. Yeah, that, that's, that's awesome. Perfect. That is and then, perfect. Like, the rates right now, I mean, that's I'm doing pretty much the same thing as you, like taking a couple of assignments a year. It kind of Yay. seems like it's working out that way. Yeah. But- but the rates right now, they're like double what I used to make when I first started traveling in 2018. So I'm like, well, you can do that. You can work yep. six months out of the year and, and make it work. Yep, exactly. And I was always curious about that. That's good that you said that because I'm so new. I feel like I'm still so new to traveling. I've only done three assignments. Yeah. And I've only been traveling since 2020. Um, and so with these rate decreases, I was wondering, people that have been traveling for a longer period of time, what is the normal... Like before COVID, what were the normal rates? Because I feel like there is so much controversy right now that I'm kind of like, I wish I knew what the rates were before because then maybe I wouldn't be so like, oh, I don't like it. I'm going to just take the summer off or whatever, you know? It's so hard. I like can't remember. Um, I I feel like maybe I made like 1800 a week when I was in Connecticut. Okay. I think that's – and that was like a pretty good paying one at that point. Um, I mean, like more when I was in, I think, uh, I'm actually, it might've been about the same when I was in California, honestly. Yeah. My first ever was San Diego. And I think naturally your first contract too is going to be lower paying just because you kind of will just take whatever, but I made like 1600 a week and San Diego is not cheap to live in. Yeah. But that was still like double what I made as a staff nurse. So like I was happy. And then- a little bit higher. I made like maybe seventeen hundred in Seattle, and then after that, like I made maybe like two grand and up was like on the higher end for NICU, and that was like just California. I feel like was the only place you could get that. And then all of a sudden, my highest rate was when we were at Banner that first time. I was gonna say, so I came into it at a good time because that was my first assignment, and I was like, yeah. "Dang, I was I got- like, what?" Is going yeah. insane. I remember Hannah saying how much it was, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, oh, it was crazy. Yeah. I, and that's how I was able to pay off my car, all of my student loan debt. I mean, we were able to get debt-free just from that one assignment. So that's awesome. it was incredible. It was such a good opportunity. Yeah. And that's why I was like, when we floated to adults, I was like, I guess I can't really complain. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I will do this all night. I don't even care. As long as I'm getting paid, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. And I I do feel like, though, I mean, I just did a local assignment and it was great. It was a lot of money. But I like, if I was to go and do a full-time travel assignment, like I, I have a house here and I have a mortgage. So I feel like 
Mm. it isn't worth it for me to do like with how high housing prices are it's not worth it for me to do a travel contract because i don't think i'd make enough yeah that's definitely understandable yeah i don't we don't have a house or anything and obviously like my husband works too so that's nice because he can cover the rent or whatever but yeah with housing prices not too i can't even imagine i don't think i would I don't think I would probably travel either if I had a mortgage and had to pay housing somewhere for the job. And Yeah, it depends on where you are for sure. Like you can probably find some cheaper housing too, but like um, then like the traveling back and forth if you're like, I mean, my fiance can't travel with me too. So I'd be like coming back and forth a lot and that would be expensive. And like, so yeah, yeah I'd have to see if I could make it work, but yeah. 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 And then I was just telling Emily earlier too. So I'm trying to go to New York City for the summer for um, a travel contract because uh, my boyfriend, Eric, is his um, internship is there for the summer. Um, but And I applied for my New York license in February and I still haven't gotten it yet. And it's oh like my gosh. kind of screwing me because I want to be there. I want to start the same time he does so that we you know, finish at the same time. I don't want to be there like way longer because then that's more New York City rent, which is obviously expensive. Yeah. Um, but it's just crazy because, I mean, I made a bunch of money in Philly for my contract there, but like, you know, it starts to dwindle. It doesn't last forever. And then I'm like, I'm going to just blow through all this money that I just made if I don't get another job in New York. So it's just like, it is kind of, it's kind of a crazy lifestyle, but I don't know. It is. It's very crazy. And I feel like people are always like asking me, oh, I have, you know, kids and stuff like, but maybe I could leave and go do that for a little bit. And I'm like, if you want to do that, that's great. But I feel like that would be really hard. I feel like doing it with kids or I don't know. I feel like it has to really fit your life and you have to be able to have that flexibility or I feel like it's either not worth the money or it's just like too much stress. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It really, yeah, it just has to fit into your life and work for you. So I get that it doesn't work for some people too. I do think it's like an important thing to do. We've talked about this a lot. I think it's a great opportunity for any nurse to do and just try out a new place to live or a new um, new unit, even just like literally new hospital. But um, <laughs> it's real good for your, um, your skills and yeah. like reality check, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine doing that in another country. Like, I'm fascinated. (laughs) You know, it was kind of cool, though, because I almost feel like it was kind of a travel nursing gig because of how many different nurses from so many different places were there at one time. I mean, everybody had a different background. Everybody worked in different hospitals, used different equipment. So I was listening to the... um, the podcast with Alicia when you guys were doing it with her and you guys asked her, would you rather work on a floor with all travel oh, nurses yeah. or you're the only travel nurse and it's all staff. And I was thinking, Oh yeah, for sure. All travel nurses. And that's exactly how it was in Germany because you could learn so much from everybody and everybody had like a way of doing something differently. And so I feel like it was such a good experience to just learn from people, meet new people make those connections. I mean, I have people still that I worked with over there that are like, oh, hey, if you're ever in Virginia um, or doing a travel gig over there, I'll totally let you stay at my house. Like stuff like that. That's just, you make friendships and Mm -hmm. connections that will be with you forever. It's really cool. That is really cool. 
Um, you also mentioned earlier that like the German hospitals worked really differently from the um, military one that you worked at. Do you have any like specifics? I'm just super curious about like what yeah what, what that is. is. I yeah, have what is some like? I have some major examples to give. So <laughs> so when we would ship out um, our babies, the American families that were less than 30 weeks, they would have to go to the German hospital until the baby was over 30 weeks, and then they were allowed to come back to the American hospital. So I would always chat with those moms about their experience at the German hospital for however many weeks they were there. I remember one mom, one of the biggest differences was that at the German hospital, they expect the parents to be there 24-7. Because in Germany, when you have a baby, you get three years paid maternity leave. Three years. Three years? And they have to hold your job for five years. What? Oh, yes. MG. <laughs> so because of that, I mean, that's super sweet. But because of that, they're like, we're paying you still. Like, this is your job, is to be here with your baby. Not that they couldn't leave to go, like, shower, do stuff like that. But the parents were expected to do all of the cares. They gave the medications. They were, like, the primary caregiver. And That's so pretty cool. It was really cool. It had a lot of benefits. The downside is that, as an American, you're not being paid for three years. Like, you can't be there all the time. Mm. so I remember one of the moms was really upset because she was saying that they were telling her that they're going to call social services because she's not there that much and because she wasn't there that was like you know like grounds for them to say that she wasn't a fit parent mm. and so like a that was like a huge yeah like a red flag but little did they know this mom was like still trying to work on base while the baby was in the NICU so that when the baby was out of the NICU and discharged, she could take her time off at that point. Cause they only get, I want to say eight weeks, if even that six weeks, eight weeks. And so she was trying to work while the baby was in the NICU, which a lot of moms I feel like do over here in the States too. Yeah. So they don't use all of their maternity leave hanging out in the NICU. You know, they want to have the time at home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was like a huge difference. Um, other differences, were that the NICU babies were just put like in a pediatrics unit. So you could have like a baby in an incubator in a room with like a toddler who's sick. Oh my God. Like there <laughs> wasn't weird. like NICU rooms, which I thought was really strange. So that was very different. Um, there's obviously, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows this, but there's no air conditioning anywhere in Europe unless you have like a super fancy place you're staying that has AC, like vacation rentals and stuff. So all of the homes, the hospitals, grocery stores, nothing is has air conditioning. And so in the hospitals in the summer, it didn't used to get hotter than like 75 in Germany. It now gets up to like 105. And so global warming stint right there was a little plug there. Anyways. Um, so with that being said, the hospitals obviously get super warm. Um, so their outfits are like, the nursing outfits are like, um, what's the word? Like capri pants and like Crocs with no socks. It's fair. 
So when they would come pick the baby up for transport at the American hospital, they'd all walk in and I'm like, who are these people? Like they're like going to a picnic or something. Like, what is this? It was so funny, but okay. But after my first summer in Germany, I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't even care. I'd wear that too because it's so hot. (laughs) So that was another kind of like funny difference. And there were just little comfort things. Like you had to bring your own sheets to the hospital. If you were like coming in to give birth, you brought all of your own stuff, like your sheets, your towels, blankets and so American families I didn't know that would show up and they would literally have to lay on like just the plastic like mattress oh my gosh so they were like what's happening (laughs) and it's hot and you're sticking to it and it's like what the heck that sounds horrible yeah so there was definitely things like that that were very different that they did not the Americans probably did not appreciate um however On the flip side of that, when the baby would come back to the American NICU, they had been allowed to, like, at the German NICU, take the baby in and out of the isolate, do whatever they want. It's their baby. When you come back to, like, an American NICU, we're very, like, um, pro-comfort cares and letting the baby sleep in between cares and not, you know, safe handling with the baby and not having the parents taking the baby in and out when it's got an IV. So they would come back and want to do that at the American NICU. And it's like, sorry, we don't do things that way here. And then you would get people that were mad. And yeah, so that was kind of, that was kind of interesting, but yeah. So those are some of the big differences that I had the moms share with me. So most of them were, were mostly glad to be back in the American NICU though, I think. So. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, that I'm super sure that. Fascinating. Yeah, I think that would be hard to to like switch and tell a mom like actually, this is how yeah. we do things here. Especially if they're used to it. Especially if they have like a 23 week or they're doing it a certain way for like seven plus weeks. Yep. Yeah. And they were allowed to stay in the German one if they wanted to. Some people actually liked it. They liked the way like their feeding protocols. I don't know a lot of the specifics of it, but. Some of that stuff, um, parents liked it better, and some of the other things they liked it better there. So some families did just stay in the in the German NICU the whole time. Yeah. So it just kind of hmm. depends. Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting. It oh really gosh. is. So much information. I'm like, okay, <laughs> why yeah. have three years to just go to Germany real quick? I know, right? Oh my god. I mean, it's awesome. It, it was a very different experience working for the army, and I don't know that I would just work at like an army hospital in the states. But to have that experience over there, I would say it's totally worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely cool. sounds like it was, especially with all the traveling you did and and yeah, oh, yeah. all the people you got to meet. And it just sounds like overall like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, yep. It was awesome. I will say probably one of the only things that was like a big downer that I think people should really consider before like looking into a GS job is that all of your leadership is military. There isn't like a separate manager for the civilians. Okay. And that is – that can be very difficult um, only because yeah. the civilians are just held to like military standards. Cause you do work with active duty nurses. I mean, they've got like army air force NICU nurses and stuff. Um, however, your evaluations are also 
kind of military-esque, which okay. I was not a fan of. And I really tried to fight it. And they're like, girl, you're here 20 hours a week. We don't care what you think. And so that was the end of that. But just putting it out there that it's very different working for the military as a civilian. Yeah. Um, but again, if it was like in Germany, I would totally do it again. It's worth it. It's an awesome experience. So so awesome thank you so much for coming on and sharing yeah Yeah, this is awesome fun i know i love sharing these experiences because i feel like not a lot of people know that anybody can do this yeah and apply for it yeah gotta get the word out seriously where can everybody find you on instagram or anything like that if they have any other questions um so my instagram i'm gonna look it up right now watch me do this um, so I'm Rach, R-A-C-H, 91190 on Instagram. And I love sharing my experiences and I love sharing travel itineraries for Europe. Oh, I yeah. love planning trips. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Oh my That's God, awesome. I'll have to chat with you um, about my honeymoon. We're going to do like a month in Europe. Oh my gosh. Yes. I will give you all the dirt on Europe because Love I'm it. obsessed. Oh, yay. Okay. Yay. I'm so glad I That's can connect you guys too. Yay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening guys and tune in for our next episode next week. Bye. Bye. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.